and welcome to episode 839 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, August 6th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I am joined by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning to you as well, sir. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. More importantly, how are you feeling? I'm starting to feel a little better, kind of day by day. Did the good. COVID test yesterday, so uh, that was fun. Uh, was it the jam up the nose? I mean, it wasn't like... is like painful painful as like other people had made it out to be like they don't jam okay. it up like super far or anything but what they do is they stick the you know the swab in your nose and then they like stick it up there and then they rotate it for 15 seconds it. oh my god 15 seconds is an eternity for something like that well and then they do the next nostril and they, it's not like they give you time to like breathe or anything um i mean i almost sneezed in the lady's face i you know just like, <laughs> it was so weird feeling and uh and then you like you don't want to sneeze in case you do have covid and stuff of and, course you know so yeah no it was it was not fun glad it's over should get results and they said like two to six days uh so you know and plenty of time for me to you know pass it on to my family and stuff <laughs> yeah the uh, the turnaround is is, is a little tough um, we got to do a little something about that mm-hmm. uh, with, with testing, but we won't get into all that. Glad you're feeling a little bit better. Hopefully everything comes back positively uh, for Negatively. you. Negatively. Not positive. Yes. Negative in the test, positively. Mm-hmm. I, as soon as I was saying, I was like, this is, I'm phrasing it stupidly. Um, but yeah, obviously we want, the ne- we want the test to be completely negative, which would be a massive positive for you. But we're going to talk some baseball here in the interim, and we're going to start Kind of, you know, just kind of another news and notes episode. So much going on all the time. Um, Max Scherzer left to start early with a hamstring tweak. And what we learned was that the same thing happened in his last start, too, but that it wasn't a huge problem. So he's not too worried about this, but he did leave after an inning. And so obviously it was a major freak out. Doesn't seem like something we need to be per- overly concerned about. But what, where, where do you stand with this uh, with this issue with Max and, and the hamstring? I mean, it's not like you can do anything. You're not going to dra- drop Max Scherzer. Um, you know. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you just get rid of him. <laughs> so, and like, I mean, you can't like, you're not going to trade him away in trading leagues or anything like that. So yeah. you just kind of got to hope that he's being honest, that this isn't a major issue. Roll him out for his next start and hope for the best. But uh, it is a bit brutal, especially when you're only going to get, what, 12, 13 starts from a guy like that, and the first one got you a lot of strikeouts, but not necessarily the ERA and whip you're looking for. And it was rain short. Mm-hmm. You know, he probably could have finished at least the, the sixth inning, maybe gone another, you know, depending, because Max can, is such a beast. Uh, and then you get the great outing in Toronto, and then a lost outing here. You're right. I mean, basically two outings have been altered. In, in such a short season. Yeah, I mean, zero wins so far, which is not what you're looking for from what was ostensibly your first or second round pick, depending on your depth of the league. Yep, absolutely. And so that, that's kind of the tough part with everything in regards to Max. But as you say, action. there's not really any action to be taken. You just got to keep him out there unless somehow the news changes. I did just want to bring it up, though, so it didn't look like we were ignoring it. Uh, Jake Odorizzi, who'd been dealing with a back issue is slated to debut on Saturday finally, which is good news for the Twins because they had pitchers dropping like flies. However, it has not hurt them. Let's let's be clear about that. They continue to roll on. You know the Randy Dobnik uh, bullpen game. Like you know they're getting they're getting 
quality performances everywhere else. They're ten and two. So the fact that they've lost Bailey and Hill and haven't had Odorizzi at all this year has barely affected them. But uh, Jake Odorizzi, I know we have a little bit of a divergence between our opinions on him. I'm I'm a pretty big fan. You're kind of mediocre on him. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. I, I think you know. I mean, he's gonna get. Uh, some help from that offense. So I think, you know, obviously the Twins are going to win a lot of games. If he's pitching and can go deep enough, uh, he's going to win a lot of games, which is, I mean, in this season, any win is going to be crucial for, for your overall standings in a Roto League. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see how long he goes. It's a really nice matchup at Kansas City. Yep. And then next week he gets KC too. So if you're in yeah. a weekly and you didn't get this Odorizzi start, don't worry, you get to run it back with Casey at home mm-hmm. the following week. Yeah, so I mean, it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be pretty nice either way to start off the, uh, his season. Uh, you know, I, I definitely am interested to see how well he does keep him in off the bases, uh, if he keeps the ball in the yard. But I mean, starting versus Kansas City in your first two starts is, is a pretty sweet stretch. That's really nice for a reason to come back to. He is 67% at ESPN, which generally caters to 10-team leagues. So there's not going to be a lot of availability. Check your wire just to be sure. Mm-hmm. You, you'd never want to just assume and then see somebody else scoop somebody up like that. Um, if he is there, I obviously go ahead and get him, I would say. Um, even if it's just for these two starts, if you feel more like Justin, you're not a huge Odorizzi guy and he is some, somehow available, get him for the two KC and then you can assess after that. If you're more like me, Get him and hold him because I'm a big fan. Uh, Shohei Otani is slated to return to the lineup on Thursday. There was also a report that he hopes to pitch next year. And I know we discussed this a little bit, but I'll just kind of, I honestly, I can't remember exactly what your thoughts were or if we discussed the future, but what is your future outlook for him? Uh, Do you you think that this pitching thing is going to work? Do you think a bullpen thing uh, could work? Or do you think he just has to become a superstar hitter? I'd love to see them try and turn him into a bullpen piece. Uh, you know, especially because, I mean, from a, just a straight, I mean, I don't know how it would work in fantasy necessarily, uh, especially because typically you have to claim whether he's a hitter or a pitcher. Yeah. You know? So that'd be the tough part. Yeah. I mean, maybe at some point, especially if he does turn into a bullpen piece, uh, maybe sites figure out how to incorporate both his stats at the same time. Could you imagine if the new combo meal became a home run in the same. <laughs> That'd be a super-sized combo meal. Uh, that's a reference to the fantasy mm-hmm. focus. Matthew, Mary, and Nate Rabbits back in the day, a home run and a stolen base, um, which, you know, they're better than ever these days with stolen bases being so rare. But a home, like, or a super combo meal, because Otani could do it. Home run, Stol- steal, yeah. save. <laughs> that would be the sickest thing imagine that in dfs oh actually saves don't really matter never mind but uh yeah that would be so sick i hope it can work because i just i really love otani we we've covered that uh to death but again the worst case is just premier hitter in the middle of the lineup i i do think okay maybe you give the starting shot one more one more real go hopefully next year we're kind of back on, on a level of normalcy where you know we're not dealing with um, a global pandemic at the same time of like trying to ramp somebody back up from TJ because that seems so trivial by comparison. Um, and, you know, he's only 26 next year. There is still time to do that. And then if it doesn't work, fine. Start uh, Hitter only, 
and he's still a stud. So we'll see how that goes. But he is back in the lineup if you do have daily moves uh, or even if you're in the NFBC with the half weeks, you can get him in for Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the very least with Otani. So that's good. Uh, Kyle Tucker started back-to-back against lefties and went yard yesterday off Robbie Ray, though that's not as impressive <laughs> a feat as you may believe. But, uh, hey, you know, it's really nice what's going on with him in the playing time realm right now, and he's and he's making it work. He got hits in both. It was Bumgarner and Ray, and honestly, I, I'm not – I don't even care if you're not that impressed by them as as lefties. The fact that he's playing so much – is big. In fact, he's played seven of the last eight. Uh, par- pardon me, eight straight. He DH'd in the in the game. I, I didn't see there. So Tucker has played an eight straight. He's playing right now. I think when Alvarez comes back, that's going to be the big question. But well, one Brantley's been out, so that's helped. But I do think that Tucker might give Reddick a run for his money with the playing time. I mean, you would think. I mean, uh, I, I hope. Yeah. I mean, Josh Reddick is just not good anymore, and uh, I, I would hope that they would make the right decision once Alvarez is ready to play. I mean, Alvarez isn't going to be ready to play for another probably ten days or so. so. I think they said earlier this week or late last week he was about two weeks away from okay being ready. So you know, you're just going to have to keep stashing him if if you can afford to in the leagues where you drafted Alvarez. That being said, there's no reason that Josh Reddick should have been playing over Kyle Tucker the last few years. But, you know, to to throw out another uh, uh, Matthew Barry, Nate Ravitz uh, <laughs> quote, they, they the, the ha- yeah, they have a mot-like hatred <laughs> like for this guy. It certainly seemed like it, man. He went 30-30 in the minors last year and could barely get a look. Mm-hmm. Absolutely insane. Uh, but, yeah, he's up now. He's playing well. You know, for his part, Reddick's been okay. You know, 773 OPS this year. It's like, whatever. Uh, this, I think this could be uh, somewhat like the Joe Adele thing. You know, when Joe Adele came up, I'm like, well, you know, they're going to play him, but Goodwin's on fire and Upton's still there. Well, they're putting Upton and Goodwin in a platoon. So I think that the, the young player, in this case, Tucker, uh, showing out uh, and playing really well of late. Now, his, his bottom line is still just a 687, so I don't want to pretend like he's going crazy. But this, when you start paring down an already short sample, I understand. But, uh, you know, back-to-back days against lefties and doing well, I think that's going to start to get the ball rolling here. And like you said, with Alvarez out another 10, I think it's kind of a battle between those two of like, hey, who's looking better by the time Alvarez gets back? They're the ones that are going to be playing. I feel good if I have Tucker shares. I'll say that. Yeah, I have a few... Uh, I've talked around a few teams uh, from early on in draft season, but I just, mm-hmm. there was so much uh, confusion on what his role was going to be once the season started that my later drafts, I just, I just stayed away. Um, no, it was, it was nerve wracking. I, I definitely understand, you know, there were, there was some definite, definite trepidation with taking him. It was one of those, like, you got to trust the talent and just kind of go for it if you believed in him. So, um, all right, let's talk about a couple second base injuries. They're, they're, they're on the high end and, and mid to low end. But Ozzie Albies has a wrist, that's a wrist bone contusion, as he attempted to uh, play for a few days through it. They said that he's probably going to need more than 10 days on this, which is a bummer. It looks like Johan Camargo will get the bulk of that of that time with Charlie Culberson and Danny Hetcheveria sneaking in as well. Meanwhile, rookie Nick Madrigal 
separated his shoulder, I believe, sliding into a base. He's also going to be out. And I think uh, I think that one's definitely more mm-hmm. than 10 days. That's Yeah, that's so, season for Madrigal. It, it's, it's really bad. Um, let's see here. The latest. Yeah, they're saying like maybe by the end of August. I'm nervous. I'm nervous if I have Madrigal. That's for sure. In fact, I'm cutting him in most formats right now. Um, even, you know, like NFBC where there's no IL. I think I'm certainly cut. I, not even. I'm not going to soft pedal it. I'm certainly cutting him. Um, so with Albies and and Madrigal, I, I brought them up because I want to bring up some second base replacements since some folks are probably looking out there. And again, kind of using ESPN there since they cater to shallower leagues and these guys will be more available uh, in in ten and twelves, which was what most people play. We're looking at Michael Chavis, Jonathan Scope, and Joey Wendell. Who would you favor there most? Just regardless, of, you know, not not considering need, because I know that like Chavis and Scope are kind of power. Wendell's kind of batting average. Who would you just favor the most if you just needed the best player available? I think I'm going to take Jonathan Scope, um, only because I feel most confident about the playing time. And he's on such a good team. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. That that's it. Um, but yeah, I just I worry. I mean, right now it looks like Chavis and Wendell are are playing somewhat regularly, but. I just worry that their teams will, you know, just play around with them a bit too much, especially Wendell. Especially the Rays. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the Rays. Wendell's out of his mind, though. I will say that uh, for for his sake, 357, 379, 571 with a homer and a steal um, in 29 plate appearances. So he, he's he's doing really well with just a 7% strikeout rate. 6.9% so strikeout rate. Very nice. Very, very nice. So, you know, he's doing that. Chavis has a couple of homers recently. Uh, so he's getting his power stroke going. But I agree with you. I think Scope is the guy there. I think I'd go Scope, Wendell, Chavis, personally. I think I would go Scope, Chavis, Wendell. Okay. Well, there, there's your second base options uh, if you're looking. I, I didn't really look for, for deeper league folks, so I don't really know who would necessarily be available. I mean, to be honest, Wendell might be available even in some 15s. Yeah, well, at this point, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna look up. Uh, I'll look up real quick while we're talking the um, uh, the second base on NFBC in 15 in the main event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, see, see see what's going on there, and we can recommend some 15 league folks. In the meantime, I'm gonna set this next one up. So Eric we'll, Sogard we'll and Wendell are both available, or both only owned in 36 percent of leagues. Also, it- Ty France is available in 85 percent of leagues. Okay, so isn't Sogard like leading leading off? off? And he is eligible at short, third, and second. God, I and France is available at first, second, and third. Okay, so some big time multi eligible guys. Wendell available at se- or eligible at second and third as well. So uh, yeah, let's see. Sogard's leads off against righties, mm-hmm. and then it's been Healy who's let off against the last two lefties that they faced. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that offense really hasn't gotten going. Christian Yelich has been brutal, by the way. And I was going to put him on the rundown. I know we're not worried and there's not much you can do. Uh, I know we're not worried to the point of, like, cutting him or anything. For me, I wouldn't even bench him. But but just to kind of throw it out there, you feel that way too, right? Yeah. You're not benching no. Christian Yelich. I have Yelich okay. on a number of teams. I mean, if this was a regular season – and we were, you know, not even through April, and he was struggling like this. Everybody was like, 
okay, why are we even talking about this? Exactly. Uh, exactly. The only fact is that it's a shortened season, and that's what has people a little bit tripped up, which I get the panic of it, but you can't do anything. You can't. Yeah. You cannot. Uh, so, yeah, between Sogard, Wendell, and France, then, who would you go for in the deeper leagues for the second base, folks? Uh, Probably Sogard, just because he's leading off. Yeah, that is pretty nice. And, again, I do believe that that lineup will – uh, play better once once they kind of mm-hmm. get rolling a bit. Um, so Hira and Yelich and Avisel Garcia and Smoke are behind him. Sogar can score some runs. I think I'm still going to lean Wendell, mm-hmm. but Sogar's right there, and then France is the third right now um, with regards to second base in deep leagues. Meanwhile, let's jump over to St. Louis. Kwang Hun Kim didn't last long as closer, but it's not because they didn't like him. It's because they're making him a starter. So that's annoying and weird. Uh, <laughs> well, they're running uh, out of options. They don't have... That's true. <laughs> I mean, uh, Carlos Martinez has COVID. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Mikolas is gone. Uh, like, they're, like this was a team with this, you know, we thought like a super deep rotation. And all of a sudden, you've got Adam Wainwright as your number two starting pitcher. And you're yep. going, uh-oh. Uh, so I mean, this and Dakota Hudson as your three. I mean, as four or five, they weren't too bad. Now they're two, three, Wayno and Hudson, and it's like, yikes. So uh, yeah, I get it. It's just funny how I mean it changed so quickly, and um, I got to be honest, like I don't think that that Kim's fantasy value changes all that much. I, I think I think he's still viable and interesting, but if I have him, which I do. I'm annoyed because I would rather have the saves right now than the starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. So that, that's kind of the part that, that has me tripped up. Now, it looks like it will be Ryan Helsley. Remember when, when um, is it Schilt? Schlitt? Schlitt, yeah. Schlitt. Uh, when manager Schlitt. What Mike. His, what's his first Mike, name? What, Mike. Mike, yeah. okay. That's what I thought. I should have just gone with my gut there. Mike Schlitt, when asked a while ago about the closer situation, he kind of you know, talked about maybe being a committee, but said Helsley's name specifically. And I know that you haven't been so keen on Gallegos. I have been, but I got to be honest. I think I'm favoring Helsley now in this situation. I think you have I think to I've come over. Yeah. So I think that's the guy to go get available uh, right in now. 72% of Rotowire online championship leagues. I mean, he, and he's 11% at ESPN. So it's widely available. And uh, Gallegos probably has some availability too because he was out. So you can you can do the the undercard spec if you want, but I do think that Helsley is where you should put your money right Gallegos now. Gallegos is available on only eleven percent of online championship teams. Okay, wow. So he, yeah, he he was he was kept through everything then. But uh, I think I think Helsley's the go-to. He's going to bring in big bucks this week. If you need saves, what kind of uh, what kind of budget are you putting on Helsley? I mean, I think you have to go with like thirty to forty percent of your remaining fab. Like it, it, it like that is. Uh, I mean, saves are such a nightmare right now. I know, dude, the worst <laughs> like, man. Um, it's you know injuries have you know just been atrocious. Uh, Outside of Josh Hader, mm-hmm. who's who's the most reliable closer? Go Liam Hendricks. Okay, good. You had a quick answer there because uh, I struggled the other day and I was like, 
Kenley Jansen question mark? Ken, no, I think, I think you're right on Hendricks. Kenley Jansen's up there too, though. He's he's in the group, but I like yours because uh, we haven't even seen any wobbliness from him. Like, yeah, he gave up that. He blew that first save and that first opportunity, but since then he has been just been, lights out. So yeah, he's the yeah. guy. I might have said, you know, this at least through this season thus far, you could have said Zach Britton, mm-hmm. but we know that he's got a timetable on yep. his with with Chapman coming back. But it's 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 a nightmare. It's worse than it's ever been, I think, because of the volatility of everything. You know, Taylor Rogers, I would put up there, but you can't really name. But Rogers than- isn't getting like all of the save opportunities like no Romo got one may got one of, the other day. It just, I'm, that's right. That's right. It was, it was two thirds. And I think those are been workload issues. I think the Romo one was righties coming up. I think the may one was workload, mm-hmm. but yeah, he hasn't even been the full on guy. Like how many saves does he have in their 10? Uh, they have 10 wins. They're 10 and two. He has three saves and Taylor Rogers has been great. He is the guy, but he's only he's pitched not, in four games. He's like the ninety percent guy. He's not even the hundred percent. So um, yeah, it's it's hard out here for a, a save speculator. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Which is why you know I don't like to do that. We don't want to get involved in in having to be in on every guy. At least our boy uh, Daniel Hudson. Oh God, spoke. what a great! And I, I hate to take a victory lap. No, I don't. Um, but yeah, the Daniel <laughs> Hudson one. I'm I'm still running around the the stadium right now, just you know smacking hands and. You know. Yeah, no, that one, that one's good. Um, don't forget elite closer Joe Jimenez, <laughs> who I so, uh, lucked into in the main event because everybody hey, else went. Do, do what you got to do, mm-hmm. man. Him and his ten percent strike rate, uh, uh, strikeout rate, or something. Uh, yeah, ten percent strikeout rate, but only five percent walks, baby. Mm-hmm. So sick. Uh, yeah, so closer is a nightmare. I do think you have to go pretty big if you if you're desperate for saves. Not if you're just trying to add on. If you're desperate for them, I do think you need to go pretty crazy for Helsley. And it and it, and the tough part is is that it's not even guaranteed because Gallegos is still looming. And they called up Alex Reyes. Now I don't really have much confidence in Reyes, or, or I, I don't fear him in any major capacity. But he is there, and it would not be the most surprising thing if you know if he was healthy and going crazy. If he snuck into that role too, but nah, I think it's Hel- Helsley Gallegos right now. I think uh, Reyes is going to kind of take over that multi-inning reliever role that That's Ponce de Leon was in before they moved him into the rotation. Well, you know what would make some make, make some perfect for that is Wayno Hudson Kim de Leon are pretty much five inning guys. Like they can go six seven on their best days, but you're really asking them for five, and then Flaherty, you're asking for seven. Uh, you know, virtually every time out. So I, I agree with you. I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me if we turned around 10 days from now and all of a sudden he was in the eighth inning and, and Helsley was was shaky and it's like, hey, what about Reyes? But I, I've been pretty out on Reyes um, at this point just because he, he hasn't shown he can stay healthy. And so I wouldn't even really spend any money on him. Uh, but that's the, that's the closer situation in St. Louis right now. Get your money on Helsley. If Gallegos is available in your league, throw a bit on him just to see what's up because you never know. Let's go out to Houston. Josh James is back to the bullpen. He has been very bad. And in his stead will be re- uh, prospect, excuse me, right-hander Brandon Belak, And he's getting his debut as a starter today, I believe, um, after two solid relief outings. So he's the seventh prospect on Houston's system, right behind Christian Javier. 
And so he's got like an average fastball, average to above on the slider, uh, above average curve, and then kind of a, a in-progress changeup for Brandon Belak. Again, he's a right-hander. He's been on their prospect list the last couple of years. And I want to see something real quick, just get a pitching breakdown of what he's done in the majors. He's 45% fastball, 23% changeup. So he's had, he's got some confidence in it. Maybe because uh, I, I was going off the rating there, it was a 45. He seems to throw it a lot. It's his second most thrown pitch. And then an 18% cutter, 9% slider, and only 5% on the curve. So interesting in comparison to the prospect report versus what Belak has thrown. Do you have any interest in Brandon Belak? He starts against Arizona today, but then I guess going forward is really what we're looking at because um, I don't know if this would even be out enough for people to hear to go make a move on him. So focus more on the future than today. Yeah, I'm really interested in watching today's start because I have never actually seen him pitch. So, Same. Uh, and I don't know how deep into games he's going to go, especially early on. So it may he the more interesting guy on his starts maybe like a Brandon Bailey, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the first guy in the piggybacker type thing. Guess what though, dude? Brandon Belak is Austin's comp troller. You stupid idiot! I ah, player. Did you see that someone on Twitter uh, yes, played dude. the played the uh, reliever or U.S. congressman uh, yes, with their buddies? It. It's 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 amazing. Um, we, we really have to uh, institute that as like a preseason game with a guest um, every season because that that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, no, I I I don't have a ton of interest right now until after I kind of see him pitch and maybe maybe it's someone yeah. will, you know if he if he goes out there and shoves for four innings, uh, I'll, I'll be much more interested in him and maybe it's someone Jason and I'll talk about for pickups uh, on Sunday, but. Uh, right now, he's not really on my radar outside of AL only. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at with Brandon Belak as well. Um, you know, three and a third and two innings in his two relief outings. So he should be able to at least get four, maybe five, depending on how efficient he's pitching. And, and we'll see how it goes. I'm going to be dialed into that start as well because I've also never seen him pitch um, as far as Brandon Belak goes. And then let's move over to the Angels. Hansel Robles, you're out of here. Speaking of closer volatility, Ty Butrian. What do you feel? Uh, what are your feelings about Ty Buttry as a closer on the Angels? Well, I mean, anybody who we think has a job is worth going after, right? But it's, I mean, it's not like yep. he's been extremely impressive, anyways, so far this season. Uh, I mean, he's got what a five and a half ERA, a strikeout uh, percent or a strikeout percentage of four. Like, what? Yeah, it's not like he has not been good. So, like, I understand Robles has struggled, but I don't necessarily understand, like, this is their option. Um, One strikeout in six and a third for Butchery. Yeah. Sick. I mean, I think people are going to spend more fab on him than I would be interested in doing. Now, let's be fair. Let's be fair. Career 10 strikeouts per nine mm-hmm. for Ty Butcher. Like he's not, you know, soft tosser McGee who never gets strikeouts. This is kind of an anomaly here that he has just one strikeout, but it is funny to see that he has a minus 8% strikeout to walk. Yeah. Ratio. yeah. I mean, we have right now on roster resource, like four closers. We have Butchery, Pena, Middleton, and Robles. 
and Percival. Oh, and yeah, might um, as yeah. well. I mean, it's too bad they weren't able uh, to go get um, oh god, forty-five-year-old who's pitching for the Astros now, Fernando Rodney. Fernando Rodney. Like that's who they should have gotten. Uh, I mean, the guy that I'm kind of watching a little bit is Felix Pena. Yep. You yep. know, the only reason though that I would push back is because I think he works so well in the middle multi-inning role because he's he's a recent starter. But I do like him, and he's pitching brilliantly. He has a 32% strikeout minus walk rate um, with, with a 36% strikeout rate. So he's been excellent, and I agree with you there. And I think I even like Keenan Middleton more than I really like Buttry. But he has the job right now, and that's what matters. But I'm keeping a close eye on Pena and Middleton. And if I don't go crazy on Buttry as far as bids go, which I'm, I'm not going to, I would put small bids uh, on Pena and, and like a buck or two on Middleton in leagues where it makes sense to spec. He's been pretty uh, volatile here, four and a third. He has a 20.8 hits per nine uh, with a 4.2 homer per nine. So, you know, that's not good. That's because he allowed, uh, let's see, he allowed seven hits and two homers in his first two outings. He has since, or wait, 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 in his recent outings, I forget that our game logs go uh, with the most recent game first. So, yeah, the last couple outings for Keenan Middleton have been brutal. So, and you know what? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe just keep an eye on him. But Felix Pena, I like as a backup there if you're not going to go for Buttry. Um, and I understand if you have a little trepidation about Buttry there. So that's the Angels situation right now. Anything else to add? No, just that I would be more willing to pay up for Helsley than I would be for Buttry. I think by a lot. Yeah, I think I, I'm still willing to do that thirty percent of my fab on uh, on Helsley, but I probably only do like fifteen to twenty percent on Butchery if I'm desperate for saves. And in like TGFBI, I'm desperate for saves. Mm-hmm. And I, I've lost, I think Giles, Kimbrel, and someone else. Oh no, I still have Hudson there. So, damn dude, that's that's rough though. Um, that, that you lost, you know, Giles, you had big expectations of your expectations weren't super high. I bet on Kimbrell, but it was one of those things where, you know, people say like, why'd you draft him? It's like, well, you know, at At some some point point, I had to draft the closer and he had, he had a job, uh, coming in. I, I, I had zero confidence in him and I actually drafted him in one league because I, I had no options Mm -hmm. and I, promptly moved on which from i mean I also had wit. i'll be honest like you know it's a bad excuse because we all saw like you know i know you know kimbrell was still going in front of jimenez still going in front of uh melanson it's just amazing to me that the cubs are 10 and 2 with their bullpen Dude, like it's just their starters have been insane yeah. and and that's really carried them because yeah that and and their lineup's been good too as well um but with that bullpen pitching the way it has you're right. However, they're starting to find some guys that are emerging. Rowan Wick is the closer, and he looks pretty decent. Jeremy Jeffress is finding a little something. I still have a little bit of nerves regarding him, but he's been uh, hitless in six innings, which is nice. And then um, Kyle Ryan came in, got the save the other night, the lefty. So yep. I, th- I mean, it's going to be matchups, I think, for them kind of yeah. moving forward. But well, no, I actually I think Wick has the job unless it's like two lefties and a righty type of deal. Yeah, maybe. I. I I, th- I like Wick. I like Wick. So keep an eye on him. They also signed Cody Allen, which, I mean, hey, when you're desperate, you, you got to go for anything, but I don't have much confidence in him. And the dogs don't either. I don't know if you can hear them. Oh, no, we definitely, we can definitely hear them. They've been 
very, very upset about a lot of your analysis on this episode. They re- they really have, and I've been very upset about their analysis. <laughs> They're driving me absolutely insane. Um, Brad Keller will return from COVID. Um, so, you know, non-injury non-injury time off there for Brad Keller. I know that he's not like an all-leagues kind of guy, but when he's on, he looks really good. He throws a devastating sinker, and he can can run some some decent starts. What do you think of Brad Keller? He's a career 368 ERA, uh, career 398 FIPS. That gives you an idea that, uh, you know, he was probably running a a little hot in that first year when he had a 308 ERA and a 355 FIP. Not a ton of Ks, uh, but doesn't walk too many and and you know can get blown up at times, but most for the most part he's not too bad. I, I I'm somewhat intrigued by Brad Keller. What about yourself? He returns against the Cubs, and then uh, next week he'll get at Minnesota. So you don't want any business yeah. with that. But what about him in the long term? I, I think he's kind of a spot start stream kind of guy if he's got a really good matchup. The problem is he doesn't get to face the Royals. So like that, that really hurts. Like so, you know, the bad, really bad teams in in the centrals. Uh, he doesn't get to face the Royals at all. So, uh, yeah, no, I he he's waiver wire fodder in pretty much all formats outside of AL only for me, uh, unless I can you know I, I get a decent two step or I have a really nice start maybe against the Pirates or, or the Tigers coming up or something like that. Yeah, I, I agree. You got to kind of got to kind of stream things with with Keller, and you know, going Cubs Minnesota to start. I mean, if he deals against the Cubs, that's going to stand out. People are going to overspend on him, and then have fun at Minnesota next week. That's why I probably won't even bid on him this week, unless it's really cheap. It might just be a cursory bid to reserve him if I need a pitcher, but I you could not pay me. Like he could throw a no hitter against the Cubs, and I still would not start him at Minnesota. No chance for Brad Keller, but he is back. So keep an eye out if uh, if he's somebody who interests you. Or if, like Justin said, if you play AL only, uh, he definitely has some value there. This is a sad one, and I probably should have grouped the uh, the relief stuff with the starting stuff. But Nick Birdie's elbow exploded again. And, you know, at the risk of being a little bit fatalistic, this might be the end for him, man. I just don't know how much, how much he can continue to work back from these massive injuries. Uh, I was so excited about him this year, and uh, it's gone. So yeah. uh, it looks like... Richard Rodriguez might be doing the fill-in while Keone Kello works his way back from, I believe he had COVID. Yeah. Uh, okay, so he's working back from a non-injury-related uh, situation. He threw another bullpen on Wednesday, and it looks like um, he'll be back. They didn't say exactly when, but he'll be the closer when he's back. So would you even go for Richard Rodriguez this weekend or more importantly, would you check to see if Kayla's available? Yeah, I'd probably just look to see if Kayla's available. I mean, how many how many saves are we really expecting the <laughs> Pirates to the get Pirates. the rest of the way? Uh, I mean, I spent like $100 of fab uh, on Nick Birdie in NL Tout, and I'm <laughs> really regretting that. Uh, now, man. you know, I, I got one save out of it. Uh, you know, one save is one save, and it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just really sad for the guy who's, you know, a really got just a really electric arm, but obviously Mm -hmm. it just, it can't hold up at this point. You know, maybe he does try to work his way back and he figures something out mechanically to kind of try to save his arm a little bit. But, uh, yeah, just, just a huge bummer that it just hasn't worked out for him. Yep. I I totally agree. And, um, you know, wish him the best, but, uh, it, it doesn't look good here and they haven't said exactly what it is at this point, but it just, 
I, I don't. I mean, like I don't three days before they had said, oh, we're going to, you know, we're really going to baby him and, and kind of limit his workload uh, because we, we don't want anything to happen. And then like the next outing, it was like something happened. He's had TJ and TOS, thoracic outlet syndrome. So like awful. Absolutely. I mean, awful. guys just don't come back from thoracic outlet. TOS. Yeah, it's just, I know. I know. I mean, the, the very few guys have been able to come back and be anything close to the pitcher that they were. Yep, it has a devastating record. Uh, let's talk about a couple of hitter situations. UT only guys. Chris Davis is in a platoon for Oakland. Um, that was confirmed by. Let me get the actual. Hang on, I was sent the tweet. I should have gotten this ahead of time, but I did not. Uh, confirmed by Shana Rubin um, because one of our fantasy friends, Stephen Brunn, asked uh, after she put out the lineup yesterday, hey, you know, is he being platooned? No starts versus righties in a week now. She said, for now he is? Yes. Um, so that's not so good. He's already UT only. Um, he's off to a slow start. He did hit a homer this week, which was nice. But what are you doing with Chris Davis in this situation here? Well, I mean, I think you have to He's cuttable, depending on what your team looks like at this point. I think so, too. It's, you know, unfortunate, and he is on a number of my teams. I really like the price this year. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, coming off the the bad year, I thought he'd be a pretty easy bounce-back candidate. But uh, the A's aren't fooling around, and a lot of teams aren't fooling around with uh, their team. They, they just can't wait on guys to get it together. And so uh, it's unfortunate for him. You know, the A's are first place in that division and the Astros are hot on the heels so uh yeah it, it's it's unfortunate but yeah I think if you can't afford to just stash him and, and wait to see if he can kind of pull himself out of it then you cut him and move on yep I think that that's that's the right way to look at it right now you li- literally can absolutely cut um can cut Chris Davis in a lot of leagues right now especially if your offense is sputtering and you need to make a move as a platoon guy, you know, it's already the whole nerve-wracking thing about him uh, filling up your your UT, which gets overrated, especially uh, in season. But now that he's not even playing, he's a short side platoon guy who's hitting 125 with one homer on the down season. Yeah, I think you can make a move. There's got to be somebody out there, even in 15-team mixers, that, uh, that you can replace him with. But not this other UT only, because Miguel Andahar was optioned. I told you he wasn't going to take Luke Voigt's playing time. Yeah. Um, he's just so bad defensively. He needs another team. That's the thing, because they don't want to put him anywhere. Yeah. You know, the, the outfield thing, no. Obviously, third base, not a chance. Especially, you know, it, it becomes really difficult. He had to just be looking last year in panic when Gio Urshela was playing strong third base. Like, I can't compete with that. I can't compete with with anything average at third base, let alone an above average guy. So they put him out in the outfield a little bit. It just it just doesn't work. And you're right. I think he does need a new org because it is a good bat. Um, even though he was struck, you know, one for fourteen. I'm not going to make any anything out of that. But he is a quality bat, and yet there is no spot for him on this ball club. So they optioned. They optioned Miguel Andahar, and obviously he's an automatic cut everywhere where he is still on a team. I could even move on from him in AL only if the situation merits. If you don't have a reserve spot for him and everything, I, I could move on there too. So do you think he gets traded at the August 31st deadline? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, the Yankees, while they're playing, you know, well and they, you know, obviously have 
one of the strongest teams in in baseball. They definitely have some holes that they could fill. Um, yeah, and yeah, and the best teams seem to always make do something. They want to add a little mm-hmm. something, something. Like how how long do they want to keep rolling Jay Happ out in that rotation? They could always strengthen that bullpen. Uh, they'll, there's, there's gotta be a team out there that could just use a DH that can rake. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, especially with the national league now having the DH, I think, yes. I think it's, yeah, I think it's a pretty easy, you know, maybe it's someone like the giants, you know, they, you know, like a Cueto or a, a Samarja, you know, mm-hmm. the Yankees throwing an extra prospect and, and, and like Tony Watson, mm-hmm. get another lefty in the bullpen, although yep. they don't seem to struggle for lefties, but you, you can never have too much bullpen. You can never have too much pitching in general. So, um, yeah, I can definitely see something like that. Miguel Andahar is still just 25 years old, so you're not throwing him out completely, but he needs to be somewhere where he's not playing the field, but like, you know, five times a season in a 162 situation. Uh, similar to the guy we just talked about, Chris Davis, who's also dreadful in the field. So maybe, yeah, maybe that, the Marlins will, you know, send their all their best players over to the Yankees for for Andar. <laughs> they do like to do that. They have somebody who used to uh, who used to play there that uh, might might decide to go ahead and um, make a trade with them. Who knows? We'll see about it. Um, but that's pretty much it for today, as far as uh, as far as relevant news that I'm seeing here. Uh, I'm doing a spot check here at the end to see if there's anything we missed. Not really. It looks like Rugnet Ador is expected to avoid the IL with his oblique. Who cares? Will, okay, here's one. Will Smith's returning early from COVID. Um, how do you handicap that that Atlanta situation? I think Melanson's still the guy. I mean, I do they said he was coming into the season. Uh, he hasn't really done anything that would warrant them kind of shaking things up. Maybe... Yep. I, I, you know, this is a season in which we're seeing guys get, uh, you know, guys who are the setups get, you know, the occasional save here and there. Mm-hmm. So, Especially because the schedule's so compacted. Mm-hmm. And, and the amount of double headers we're going to start seeing here uh, to make up games. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him, you know, get a few saves. But I think Melanson's still, still the top guy. I mean, you, Joaquin Soria has two saves, I believe. <laughs> I know, and we spoke about how much we believe that uh, Hendricks is arguably the number two closer right mm-hmm. now. If you redid the rankings, so uh, that's and that those Soria saves don't speak on Hendricks. I think uh, they've both been workload related. Yeah, just that that Hendricks, you know, they didn't want to throw him out there. So yeah, yesterday he got an inning and two thirds save. I think he'd only had it only took him twenty one pitches. So they figure, hey, why not? You know, save the bullets where you can save them. He was pitching so well, he didn't give up a hit or a walk. Sorry, it didn't. So I like, uh, you know, I like that they did. Not if I'm going to have Hendricks, I understand if you don't like it. But it makes sense. And I think in the long run, it's probably better, even though you missed out on a save opportunity yesterday. So, yeah, I think it's still Melanson. Um, and I can't be 100% convinced that Will Smith is the next man up. Yeah, I don't think that is guaranteed either. It could be Shane Green. Yeah. It def- it definitely so, could be. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me either way. Let's just say. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So as far as like if he's available anywhere, I don't think you really need to pick up Will Smith. Um, if you bu- if you bought him, hoping to maybe get some saves, at least ride it out. You waited this long, see what's up. Uh, you probably get some strikeouts and a couple of uh, uh, or some decent ratios. 
but I think it's Melanson's job right now, so I would not be going crazy for Will Smith. But anyway, that's going to do it for us. Uh, your boy Miguel Sano hit a home run in the first inning. Boom! Three-run homer off JT Brubaker. And uh, so he and Kenta Maeda are, are going toe-to-toe. We do have some day games. Here we go. That one going. Minnesota at Pittsburgh. San Francisco at Colorado. Texas at Oakland. L.A. at Seattle. Uh, so we got four day games there. And, you know, if we get this out, Quick enough, and people listen to it day up. We have a DraftKings going as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so go ahead. That and I almost on won on Tuesday. Dude, stupid you got Kyle, Kyle Lewis. Lewis. He's out. Dude, He's that... out today too. He's... Oh, you can't. He can't beat you today. He's getting a day off. Oh, that guy, man. He is just making. He was like one of my last like options in the outfield, and I went. You know, I need the speed. I'm gonna take Kevin Kiermaier instead. No, <laughs> like I say oh, on the stream no. of my main event, I'm all. You know, I really like Kyle Lewis, but I, and I've got plenty of power, and uh, I, I really need the speed right now, so I'm going to take uh, Kevin Kiermaier instead, tough, um, and yeah, that's that's brutal. He's just, that is really just raking there. right now, and, uh, and has just as many steals as Kevin Kiermaier. Yeah, I've got him, um, I've got him in a league right now, so I'm, I'm happy to have a little bit of, a little bit of Kyle Lewis. And uh, he's insane. You know, he's got the big strikeout rate, but, you know, don't overlook the quality performance just to focus on the negative of the strikeout rate. Like, it's important. Keep an eye on it. It needs to come down some to be, you know, fully successful. He's at 33% uh, with a uh, 9% walk rate. But don't just, like, discount a guy completely on that when he's absolutely crushing when he does make contact with the ball the nine percent walk rate is awesome i I love seeing that that, that's huge that's like a doubling of what Mm -hmm. we would normally expect from him and this guy was a legit prospect this isn't an out of nowhere random guy injuries derailed kyle lewis uh to kind of make it so that he didn't come up and really make an impact here until age 24 um he couldn't get a full season in the minors until last year and that's why he was able to skip to triple a too because he's 23 years old in double a so that's why he skipped it, had the little flourish last year, and um, and so far this year, he's picked up right where he left off. So, all right, well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, we'll talk on the weekend. Um, I know you're going to be doing a show with Jason. Perhaps I'll be on. And then I'm going to talk with you momentarily here about a guest next Tuesday. Ooh. So have a good one, and hopefully everything comes back uh, well with your health. And uh, talk to you later. Take it easy.